0: Welcome to another podcast of Indigenous Roots and Hoots, produced by the Legacy of Hope Foundation. Indigenous Roots and Hoots is about Indigenous people, culture, history, arts, music, sports, education, and other issues affecting Indigenous people, past and present. Our aim is to create a better understanding about Indigenous people to help bridge the reconciliation process in Canada. Today, my guest is Thielen Kiknoswe. Thielen is an indigenous youth who uses his voice to spread his message and showcase indigenous culture. He is of the Wolf Clan from the Potawatomi and Cree Nation and is a member of Wapul Island Jawanong Territory. Thielen has been a fixture in the indigenous community as a traditional singer drummer, dancer, and social media influencer. In 2018, Dylan became the youngest Inspire Laureate, named for culture, heritage, and spirituality. His path-breaking efforts have also been mentioned in Teen Vogue, Entertainment Tonight, and Complex. As he nears his 18th birthday in the physical world, Thieman continues to shine. Hello, welcome, Steven. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, maybe we can just start by uh, telling us a little bit about yourself, who you are. And I know I read your biography. Just maybe, just talk a little bit about your family background, where you were born, your cultural identity, that sort of stuff. Okay, amazing. Bujou uh, ani tance kwe kwe wache
1: sego. Uh, so, uh, hello, my English name is Theland Kiknaswe. I am Cree and Potawatomi from Mapul Island First Nation, Kajanong Territory. I'm part of the Wolf Clan, and I'm 18 years old. I was born and raised in Ottawa, Ontario, which is unceded, unsurrendered Algonquin Territory, which means I'm a guest there as a Cree and Potawatomi youth on the Algonquin territory, and uh, my mother, she's Swampy Cree from Pelican Narrows, Peter Ballantyne Cree Nation, and uh, my father, he's uh, Potawatomi from Wapul Island, Keshenong Territory. So I take after my father's uh, reserve, and I take after my mother's clan,
0: and she's a wolf clan. So that's a bit about me and my family. Wow, that's pretty interesting. Uh, you come from two First Nations cultures. I think that's quite amazing, and uh, what you're doing these days. I understand you're on a you're on a mission of some sort, doing a bike ride from Winnipeg to Ottawa. Can you tell us a bit about what this is all about?
1: Yeah, so currently we are en route, and uh, we have embarked on our journey from Winnipeg to Ottawa. And the reason why we're doing this on our bike is because we're raising awareness and attention to the epidemic of missing and murdered indigenous women, girls, and two-spirited people, and the children left behind of our MMIW. I first had this idea to run across Canada when I was about nine years old, and it all started with a question. That question was, where do the children go? So we had to ask that question to a couple of different remarkable individuals in our community, And I asked this to my auntie, Bridget Toley, and she said, you know, however hard it gets, no matter what struggles you go through, you just have to continue to keep moving forward and putting one foot in front of the other. So that really resonated with me. And I decided from that moment on that, you know, we're going to run and we're going to bike and we're going to keep on moving forward. So that's what we're doing right now. So we're currently in Falcon Lake, Manitoba, and we're just before the border, And we'll probably be in Ontario in the next day or so. So our journey is going very well so far. And uh, I'm feeling really great. And uh, we have an amazing team here. They're they're doing an
0: awesome job. And I really appreciate them. So that's a bit about what we're doing. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Uh, You're raising awareness about the missing and murdered Indigenous uh, women and girls. That's been a big issue in Canada. And also, I think, in the United States for some time now. And uh, I want to ask you, uh, is this the first year you've done this or have you done this before?
1: This is our seventh annual run and bike that we're doing. We first did 134 kilometers for four years to and from Gatineau to kitigan And that was the equivalent of uh, three or four marathons. And so we did that for 4 years, and then we partnered with the local college in Ottawa and we did a, a community run. And then last year because of COVID, we decided to do a virtual run. That was pretty successful. But this year, you know, we were like, okay, you know what? I think it would be a good idea to try and go across Canada, but then again, you know, 9 years ago, we didn't plan for COVID to be in our our journeys. So we've adapted to Winnipeg, to Ottawa, and we're really looking forward to every step
0: of the way. Wow, that's quite amazing. How many are on your team and how long do you anticipate the journey will take from Winnipeg to Ottawa? So
1: we started two days ago and we are, I think, about 100 or so kilometers, maybe a little bit more from Winnipeg. So we're doing okay so far. But we anticipate about a month and a half, maybe two months, because we also have to allow time for our bodies to rest as well. So we're going to take um, a couple of rest days just so we can recuperate. But there's four on our team, and uh, it's my mother and then my two cousins that are helping.
0: Okay. They tell me that you're a power singer and a hoop dancer. How did you get started doing this? And who or what were your influences? So there is a teaching that I was taught that when
1: our mothers are just before they give birth, they'll feel those kicks on their tummy. And that's us as little infants. That's us having our first dance moves. And that's when we're, we're doing our, our first kicks. And so I always tell people I've been dancing even before I was born. And, you know, I had my first cry and that was my first song that I sing. So, you know, I've been singing and dancing since like day one and um i continued that all the way up until now so i've been singing for a long time and you know I'm, I'm still learning i'm still learning new songs learning about new dances from other other cultures from other parts of turtle island as well and uh you know i've just uh, been really grateful to be involved in this powwow circle for my whole childhood
0: are you also a hoop dancer
1: Yeah, I've been a hoop dancer for about 13 years now. And uh, the hoop dance has brought me all over the world to dance for millions of people. And I'm I'm so grateful that uh, I've been able to share my culture with that amount of people from different parts of the world.
0: What has it been like growing up in Ottawa as an Aboriginal youth? And what are some of the challenges you have faced? So growing up in
1: Ottawa, I don't want to say like the hardest, but you know, it, it definitely had a toll on me being the only indigenous kid in my school. It felt like I didn't have anybody really to relate to or to talk about my culture and, you know, they would kind of understand it and get it. So it did feel like there is a bit of a disconnection there, but you know, growing up in Ottawa, as I got older, I realized that there's groups of indigenous youth and indigenous people that come together and we come together every Friday. Um, well, before COVID, and uh, the group's called A7G, and it's like a weekly drop-in for Indigenous youth to come together. So that, that's that been really nice these past couple of years, especially in high school,
0: to be able to see other Indigenous folks. Never heard of it, but uh, it uh, actually sounds like a very interesting group to be part of as a youth living in Ottawa. I know, I know many youth experience many challenges growing up in a non-Indigenous environment. And it's always good to hear that uh, success stories such as yours uh, mm-hmm. in dealing with these kind of issues, you know. Uh, so uh, I also wanted to ask you, uh, who was your biggest influences in your life like, and who were your role models? Yeah, so I always have to
1: mention my parents, you know, for getting me involved in the community, for allowing me to, to learn and grow every single day. You know, my parents have been uh, really helpful and supportive of everything that I've wanted to do as a person, and uh, they've been really good guiders for what I've wanted to do and where i wanted to go. So, you know, my parents have been an amazing help and support, and they've definitely inspired me. Um, other people who have inspired me would have to be former Senator and TRC Chair Murray Sinclair, Wab Canoe and my family, who, who have been, been teaching me about our history and who have been you know really trying to to, to share what it is to be indigenous and, and the different uh, aspects of our culture that make it so beautiful so definitely
0: those uh, are just a couple of people who inspire me yeah really uh successful individuals and really good role models to look up to and i know your father vince uh, he's quite an amazing person i had an opportunity to work with him way back in the late 80s and uh We've been friends ever since. uh, And uh, so uh, I never really knew you, but I know your two brothers. I saw them uh, from time to time. uh, But yeah, both your parents are excellent role models as well. So I understand you just celebrated your birthday. So happy birthday. Thank you. At this stage in your young life and having accomplished so much, what are your goals for your future? And what else would you like to do? Um, So for
1: me, I always like to live in the present, but acknowledge the future. So uh, right now, you know, I'm really focused on completing this bike from Winnipeg to Ottawa. So that's really where my head's at right now. Uh, I'm really focused on completing this. And then I guess in the future, acknowledging what is to come, you know, sometimes we can't ever expect what's going to come. But I personally, I would love to become a teacher. I've always wanted to become a teacher and I've always wanted to be in the education field. So that's one thing that I would definitely see in my future. But also, I'm very interested in becoming a a business owner and starting my own business and kind of testing those waters and seeing what that would look like.
0: Yeah, I think uh, you'd be a great teacher, Stephen. You're on the right path and I think you're already a role model yourself. This question is about reconciliation. You know, we're trying to create a better understanding of our cultures and the history of Aboriginal people and what we've been through. And what we continue to struggle with, you know, as Aboriginal people in this country, all the issues that we have to deal with and you know, especially, you know, the missing and murdered women, the the Sixties Scoop and the residential schools and the, you know, the number of Indigenous people that are being incarcerated. jails today you know the uh Mm -hmm. the impacts of residential school just continue to live on generation to generation so this question is about reconciliation and uh i don't think a lot of uh, many canadians don't understand uh, the history of indigenous people in this country and you're raising awareness and you know and different people are doing different things about you know trying to Bridge the gap and create a better understanding. Do you have a message for Canadians about reconciliation and how we can make Canada a better country to live in?
1: You know, I think when you hear the word reconciliation, it's not an individual thing. It's not a place where Indigenous people have to teach you about you know how we can create a, a better situation for for all of us. I think it's something where it's a collective effort and. We can have discussions. we can have conversations. There needs to be more youth involved in those conversations and in in the action. You know, I think if we're looking at reconciliation, I believe that it, it yeah, it's going to take all of us to to kind of really think about all of the injustices and all of the impacts that, uh, like you said, residential schools and sixty scoop and you know TB sanatoriums and and all of the different injustices that you know Indigenous peoples have had to face, and so you know us as the next generation, we have to do our best for the next seven, so they can have a better place to to kind of understand what does Canada really mean and what
0: does Canada look like, and how can we all uh, live here together. Excellent, well said, Dylan. The last part of our podcast, Ruth and Hoots, is the Hoots part, and it's meaning you know something. Uh, you know, just people like to tell funny stories, and we like to finish off our podcast with you telling a, a joke or or something funny that's happened. Do you have something humorous to say? Um, hmm, I don't know. I didn't uh, didn't really come
1: prepared for that.
0: <laughs> okay, that's all right. That's all right. I want to thank you on behalf of the Legacy of Hope Foundation for taking the time I know you're busy traveling biking raising awareness for an important cause for indigenous people and you know and I could see you continuing your work as a person who's who's helping build reconciliation creating a better understanding you're a great role model and you have a bright future and a smart young man and we're all very proud of what you're doing and uh, uh, I look forward to meeting you again someday. Uh, I'll get a chance to meet you in person. On behalf of the Legacy Hope Foundation, We uh, want to congratulate you on, on your efforts. And uh, we want to thank you for taking this time to do this podcast with us today. Miigwech. Mm, miigwech. Yeah, and hopefully our, our paths will cross one day
1: and uh, we'll be able to meet in person again. <laughs> thank you, Thiel. Iigwechie. say.
2: Birds and Hoots is produced by the Legacy of Hope Foundation. For more podcasts like this, please visit our website at legacyofhope.ca.